Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Human Touch from Interact Studio, and I mean Interact Studio. We are at literally at Interact Studio, and this is our happy place. So for us to be here with, with about half the, the family, it is a great morning. I've been doing the happy dance uh, around the studio, and it's just so good to be back in this space. You'll, you'll expect to see us in this space from, from now on. Before I hand it over to Jess and our spectacular guest, I wanted to share a little bit of a thought, a little bit of a story, and it, it is about the human voice, the miraculous human voice, and this is in, in honor of Joni and what she does. You know, when I was in my first half of my career, I was in broadcasting, and most of that time was spent uh, in radio. And I loved it. One of the reasons for loving it was an appreciation of the human voice without the competition of video. And video is wonderful, but it is, you know, a, a gladiator to fight as far as competing for the senses. And there is something really magical about uh, a thoughtful human voice uh, in a space that you can really hear and appreciate. Uh, like Joni's. So, you know, there's, there is something different that happens. In fact, I think that even the telephone today is more intimate for us because you're in this quiet space uh, with someone. It's private. There, there is a, a different kind of feel. You know, you are your spoken voice. The, the spoken word and the way that you say it, the unique style, is how people know you. Think about when you call home and how people absolutely love to hear your voice. It's, it's how we know you. It's how we experience you. We miss you that way. NPR, for example, I had, you know, the I was fortunate enough to work uh, for an NPR affiliate for a little while and the storytelling, oh my goodness, that uh, the news brings us on NPR is, uh, is just powerful. So uh, the tip for today is just to be intentional about the way you use your voice. And you can think about it as, uh, you know, choose some lovely words, pause before you speak, call a friend. And I, I want to share one quick quote, and then I'm going to bring uh, Jess on. This is from Clue Train Manifesto. I don't know if you remember that book. It's still a great read. But the quote uh, is, it goes like this. The human voice is the music we have always listened for and still best understand. And so with that, I would like to turn it over to Jess. Good morning, everyone, and good morning, Joni. Thank you so much for being here to teach us a bit about podcasting and impart some of your wisdom on us. I think uh, all of us right now might be having a challenge of pollen podcasting voice. <laughs> I think it's, it's a bit much out these days, and I'm sure that's a challenge for you as well, Joni. Um, so if, if you're not familiar, Joni is a very popular podcast called Amplifier for WFAE, as well as works on uh, many others for WFAE. Um, and we want to learn a little bit about how you do it and how you tell these stories. Raise your hand if you guys listen to podcasts. 
I'm a huge podcasting fan. Like my phone is full of them and I will do all my <laughs> chores just listening to podcasts. And, and what Lou was saying about the voices, like some of them are just iconic. Like I'm Phoebe Judge or I'm Sarah Koenig, but this is, this is serial. So, you know, the voices we want to know, Joni, how you impart your personal self into your work and what makes you tick about doing these podcasts? Oh gosh. Well, we could easily, and I truly mean this, easily make this a full day seminar. Easily. Everyone here, I know you want to spend 24 hours with me. Let's do it. Um, but no, in all honesty, Jess, it's, it's the big question of why are you doing this podcast? What is it that's motivating you? What's motivating your passion, your love for storytelling, and also who your audience is? Because at the end of the day, there are millions of individual episodes of audio stories out there that anyone can listen to on any device. So it's, it's a competitive environment in one way, but at the same time, it's an intimate environment. It's one that you're able to, to truly connect with the audience on a level where they consider you their friend, their companion, their personal newscaster, if you will. So it's, it's one of the big questions, you know, why get into podcasting and how can I succeed in it? And that's really motivated by your, your individual goals. Is it for yourself? and your soul and your mind and body and spirit is it for your community or maybe it's for revenue or marketing or branding the list goes on so i'm really happy to be here today folks um and again thank you so much to interact for inviting me to be here in the short time we have together i'm going to try to go through and share with you what i've learned and what the national industry standards have learned in the last few years as podcasting has continued to grow and grow to this behemoth of a now industry. So I'm gonna quickly share my screen and I'm gonna walk through a presentation that I've shortened just for today. Um, like I mentioned, this is something that I could easily spend an hour on with Q&A. So with that said, we'll give you like the Cliff Notes version. I'll just call it the Joni Notes version, yeah. Um, and of course, if you are looking for more resources or information, we actually did a full festival devoted to podcasting in all ways, the marketing side of it, the editing side. It was called the Charlotte Podcast Festival. You can find resources, including full-length seminars and sessions on charlottepodcastfestival.com in case you need like the main course after this appetizer. So really quickly, what I'm going to do in the time I have with you today, share considerations for planning out your podcast, and that includes knowing your individual voice and your authentic storytelling ability, provide some tech tips, because let's be honest, some of us are like, do I need to invest a million dollars in tech? Quick answer, no, you don't. And then answer any questions you all have. If you want to put them in the comments on Facebook or on social media, or you know, obviously in the Zoom, feel free to. And um, just know I'm an open resource too. I'm happy to stay connected. I love audio storytellers in our community. So really quickly, just to give context, we think that podcasting is like this big thing only in the last couple of years, but podcasting actually has been around for about two decades. It started in 2004. It was coined in 2004 as a merger of the words broadcast and iPod, because as you can imagine, it's an on-demand broadcast, on-demand radio, and at the time in 2004, really the only device you could listen to a podcast on was the iPod. I know, crazy iPod, right? So that's how podcasts came to be. And at the time too, it was a simpler environment, a quieter environment. Only individuals really did podcasting. Things have changed since then, huh? 
Yeah. Well, the big thing is to note that podcasting really became a big thing in 2014. And that was because of a podcast that Jess actually brought up at the beginning, which is Serial. So you'll notice in this graph that at 2014, November 1st, 2014, when Serial, the true crime podcast hosted by Sarah Koenig, launched, uh, that is when podcasting boomed. Podcasting in terms of people searching for the term, people wanting to listen to more of it, people wanting to make podcast. It all started uphill and it continues to be that way ever since. And as I mentioned earlier, today there are more than 850,000 active podcasts. That's nearly 30 million individual segments of audio in more than 100 languages. I mean, if you think of an idea and you know that it's going to connect with someone or even just benefit yourself, do it because everyone's doing it nowadays. Individuals are making podcasts, companies, large and small, media companies, whether they're radio or print or television, and then even celebrities and comedians, churches, dogs, everyone's doing it. So what I'm going to share with you are four basic tips. These should be able to guide you in some small way to be able to bring your audio to life in whatever way, in whatever fashion you're wanting to get into podcasting. So the first tip here is to decide what you want to talk about and why it matters to your audience. You know, Jess brought up a great, great question at the beginning of just, you know, what is it that drives you to make this? What are, what's the thing about your authenticity that you're bringing to the table? So think of this as a, a precursor to you creating an elevator pitch, you know, a Mad Libs of sorts where you're filling in the blank of this is what my podcast is. This is what it's going to do in the mission of it. And this is why you should listen. So the basic questions to ask yourself when creating this elevator pitch, this mission statement, this goal that's going to be driving you is what is the story's driving question? What are you writing about? What are you talking about? Why is it interesting? Is it going to inform and engage and inspire the audience? If so, what are you wanting the audience to walk away with so that they feel as if it was worthwhile for their time? And again, as you're dreaming up what this podcast is, what are the dream ingredients? You know, if you're the chef, what's the salt? What's the pepper? What's the, you know, meat? What's the vegetable that's going to help tell the story in terms of audio? Is it guest interviews, archival clips, music? Um, and again, what is it that you're doing this for? And is the audience going to feel as if it was meaningful for them? Now, as you're thinking out that elevator pitch so that you can adequately say to others, this is what my podcast is and I have 20 seconds to tell you about it and hook you in. You're also going to figure out what is your genre, your format, your length, big considerations. Because if you know that, and if you know who your target audience is, their age, uh, you know where they live, what their interests are, then you can do some competitive research, right? You can go and find other podcasts with target audiences that are similar. Go find other podcasts in the same genre that you're wanting to be, uh, you know, modeled after, take inspiration from. And there are tons of genres out there. Society and culture, which is typically a catch-all category for interviews and kind of news of sorts. You know, you have political shows, comedy shows, history, sports, science and technology. The list goes on. So I would just say that you can do a podcast about anything. Some of the most popular podcasts out there right now, yes, they're news and politics or they're true crime or they're comedy, but you can do anything and you can make a mix. There are some nonfiction podcasts that are rooted in history. There are some sports podcasts that also have politics and news elements. 
feel free to make it like a Frankenstein monster of sorts where you're piecing together all these bits to fit what you are wanting to do. Now formats can range all over the place. You have formats that are like interview based, like Terry Gross, Fresh Air, Solo, where you have just one person on the microphone, multi-host or round table discussion where you have a conversation with your friends and record it, or a sound rich documentary style podcast that is storytelling, like the true crime series, you know, the ones that are really like a television show or movie. And it all just depends on your resources and your mission statement. You know, some of these cost a little bit more money to do, because as you can imagine, the more people you bring onto the production, the more things that you're going to be juggling. But it's really, again, dependent on what you're wanting to make. And if it's sound rich, then invest in an editor and a musician and a composer and get that done. And it's going to be great. And one of the most common podcast questions I receive, and one that you all may be having out there, is how long should the episodes be? Well, short story is they can be as long as you want. You know, podcasts don't have any limits. And compared to radio, you know, as we're talking about radio having to be exactly on time, starting at noon, ending at one o'clock exactly, podcasts aren't like that. There are practically no restrictions. So should you make an episode a minute, 29, 35, uh, an hour and a half? It is up to you. But as you all were probably here for, we're in here for a short amount of time. You're wanting to get the most information. The same thing applies to podcasts. Don't waste the time of your listener. That is time that they can spend anywhere else doing anything else in the world. So don't make them do the hard work of editing a show for you if you give them a two hour long episode. It's unrealistic to expect them to stay connected. So be mindful of the time you're putting into the show and how long your audience has to listen to it. Now tech, you know, I'm not gonna be the person to say, look, here's exactly what you need and how much money you need to have. You all know those numbers, you all know those answers. But I will say is that anyone can make a podcast at any budget, at any monetary level. So if you do want to invest in maybe a subscription to the local studio where there's podcast equipment, maybe Huga or Advent Coworking here in Charlotte, where they have those studios set up, by all means, do that. If you want to get an external microphone, a blue Yeti microphone or something that you can hold to make you sound and look like a podcaster, they're relatively inexpensive. You can get those. But if you simply just want to use what's already loaded onto your device, iPhones come equipped with a voice memo app. You can record a podcast with that. Again, it can go from zero dollars to a few hundred dollars or more. And you can make it sound good in either end of the spectrum. And if you are looking for music, let me just say as someone who hosts a music podcast, <laughs> Amplifier, that not all music is equal. Uh, there is a difference when you're using a Bruno Mars song versus a local composer song or a royalty-free, copyright-free music track. Uh, Bruno Mars, if you use that, you might get sued if you don't have the rights to it. And let's be honest, we're not all friends with Bruno Mars. I'm not. If you think I am, I'm not. So I would just say make sure that whatever music you're using, royalty-free, copyright-free and or you own the rights to it. And you may just want to reach out to a local musician or composer, in which case, let me know. I'm happy to make the connection there. And of course, with editing, if you are wanting to be the person that puts all kinds of filters and effects, you know, there are programs that can do that work for you that can make it sound brighter and better. Some costs a little bit more, like Adobe Audition and the same suite as the Adobe Photoshop products. Some are free, like GarageBand on the Apple products. Again, it depends on what your capabilities are and what you want to do. And once you have your podcast, the audio, the interviews, maybe some music, 
you can distribute them to a podcast host that will then share it with the world on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the podcast apps and devices. Again, some of these cost a little bit, but they also get you great data. If you want to know exactly who's listening in which country, in which state, maybe on which day, Lipson or a couple other of these podcast hosting sites will show you exactly that information, which can then help you with your content creation, your sponsorship packages, the marketing ideas you have to reach that audience. So some things to consider when you want to distribute that audio near and far. And look, marketing, look, we're talking about, this is a, basically a call where we're saying you want to brand yourself, you want to amplify voices and stories. So we got to talk about how you're connecting it with the audience and also the community at large. I talked in the beginning, one of the big questions being, who is your audience? What are you making this for? What are their interests? Who, what are they doing? When you have that information, then you're able to create not just the content strategy, but the marketing strategy. You're able to say, okay, yes, I could be on all social media at all times. I could create a social media account for my podcast on every single platform. But smarter strategy, strategic idea is to think of who my audience is and are they going to be more likely on Facebook over Instagram? TikTok over LinkedIn, and you can make that determination. And likewise for, are you gonna be doing virtual events? Are you going to you know, invest more in a certain kind of merchandise item? Um, are you going to do more print journalism for buys or ads, maybe more so than digital or vice versa? That all adds up because at the end of the day, you can talk into a microphone all you want, but if no one's listening to it because you're not connecting that content with the audience, is that what you want to do? Probably not. So we talked four things today, very quickly, of course. But the basic idea of this, of creating a podcast plan, is deciding what you want to talk about and why it matters to your audience. The best way to communicate it, the best way to produce it, and then sharing that audio with the world. And of course, of course, there's so many more topics that have left to be talked about today about why it matters, how to be able to really monetize and the like. So if you have any other questions or want more resources, I highly recommend going to our website, which is from WFAE. It's the charlottepodcastfestival.com. And of course, you can follow me on social media and, uh, and my email's there too, should you want to stay in touch. And that is my podcast spiel on the power and the creativity of podcasting. That was very comprehensive and amazing, Joni. I, I was learning. I do some podcasts and I, I was like, oh, I should be doing that. I don't do that. So yeah, that, that is amazing. Um, we, you know, I, I'm curious with you when it comes to doing your podcast, what are some, some of the things that excite you most about doing like Amplifier, for example, and what are some of the challenges that you face that you think other people might come across? Uh, well, the one thing I like about Amplifier is that it makes me as a host and a producer for it. Uh, want to explore the city you know it's making me uh, almost like the audience want to learn more about where I'm based and the people and the different musicians and sounds that are coming together and especially during quarantine when over the past year there really hasn't been live music as much you know you haven't been able to leave your house as much or travel and so a podcast and to the greater question podcast can transport you. It can make it so that you are physically there or you're connecting with each others, even if you're not able to really be there face to face. Um, so that's one thing I loved is that as someone who's only been here in Charlotte for four years, I'm originally from West Virginia, which is a little different than, you know, Charlotte, North Carolina in a few ways. Um, 
this podcast and the podcasts we've done at the station have made me learn and grow about this region. And I feel like I have a more connection to it now in that way. We had a question from our team member, Susie Adams. She actually has two questions um, and they're both very good. Uh, how long does it take to build an audience is the first question. Ooh, uh, it depends. And I think it, it, it's almost similar to the question of what makes for a successful podcast because there's no true answer to that because it really depends on what your individual goal is. So in this case, your question of, you know, how long does it take to build an audience? Well, you know, an audience of 10 individuals listening every week that maybe aren't your family members, that is still an audience. Um, you know, if you're building an audience, let's say you have a goal uh, by the, if you're starting a podcast now and at the end of this calendar year, you want to have an audience of 500, set that goal, look at ways to market the podcast with affinity groups that are uh, interested in the topic. So finding Facebook groups, finding social media accounts, finding uh print news, digital publications that can promote your podcast, track those. And then by the end of the year, if you hit that goal, okay, next calendar year, make that 1500, make that 2000, aim for that. But it's a hard question to ask because there's not really a true, you know, this is the number you should go for when building an audience. It depends on what you're thinking. Yeah. And, and she's asking, how do you stay patient while doing that? And, And kind of you know, speaking from personal experience with trying to grow a podcast, when is it, when you do you throw in the hat at some point or when do you, you try to think maybe this is not the correct medium for the story or, you know, what, how, how, what's that thought process? Yeah. Uh, and, and something I didn't share at the beginning of the presentation when I, I shared that stat of there's, you know, near, nearly a million active podcasts. I said, and I put in active for a reason because, um, there's actually more podcasts out there that are considered dead in the sense that um, dead in that they uploaded a few episodes, upwards of five episodes, and then they called it quits. And that's what we called pod burnout or pod fade. When someone gets excited, they want to do a podcast. It's trendy. They feel like they can make money. They don't plan it. They don't, you know, really figure out what they want to do and why it matters to them at the beginning. And then it just falls by the wayside. So, you know, the things I recommend and things that we've actually talked about the Charlotte Podcast Festival in a session dedicated to burnout and fatigue is really just rooting yourself in, you know, baby steps. You don't have to run or sprint at the beginning. You know, at the beginning, let's say that you want to do a podcast once a month. You know, you build up that routine of once a month promising, you know, it's going to be every, you know, once the first Thursday of the month. And then when you get into that routine, you'd say, okay, I know that if resource is my time, because let's be honest, it's probably more of a passion project. You can do a little bit more. You can add on another episode, make it twice a month, make it bi-weekly. You don't have to make a, a daily podcast right at the start. So I think just baby steps, a step forward is a step forward. And also just take care of that. You know, you don't have to be the Wonder Woman or the Superman or, you know, uh, the superhero and do everything all at once. Be realistic and tell your audience, look, I'm sorry we took a vacation um, or we will be taking a vacation next week. We're not doing a new episode, but, you know, stay with us. We're really excited for what comes next or stay tuned and subscribe. I agree. I, I find that to be very authentic when I hear either podcasters or YouTubers say like, hey, we're just we're taking a break for some me time this month and we're going to get back into it. It reminds you that they're people too. 
We had another question from our team member Porter. Um, have you noticed any new genres or methods of podcasting emerge over the past year during the pandemic? Ooh, Porter, that's a really great question. Um, so I, I've seen some experimenting with, um, you know, obviously virtual events or virtual podcasting or live podcasting. Um, you all may be familiar with a new app, a relatively new app that you can kind of see tangents of and other social media accounts. Um, it's called Clubhouse. And Clubhouse mm -hmm. is an app that uh, basically acts as like a chat room, but there's no visuals. It's only audio. And a lot of folks, whether it's Elon Musk or Tiffany Haddish, uh, celebrities or people like you and me, uh, I've used it as a way to connect, have conversations, have panel discussions, have almost like live podcast tapings without any visual or person component component. And I think that's something we're seeing more and more of is how can you, you know, using the model of radio and live radio and live talk shows, how can you put that in a digital space and a social media space? Um, so not necessarily format as in, uh, or genre as in like, oh, the comedy podcast that's now, uh, you know, translated in like Klingon, but I think it's still something to note. And we're seeing that too in Twitter. Twitter spaces are becoming a thing now, similar to Clubhouse. So um, I'll be curious about that, the divide of audio and social media. Yeah, everything's merging. Mm -hmm. um, question for those who may be looking for sponsorships for their podcast. How does one go about that even at like a, a smaller level? Good question. Uh, and this is something I would always recommend to folks when they're thinking of monetization. And look, if, the, if your goal is to monetize a podcast, have it be a part-time or full-time career, then great. You know, you can have any number of goals for personal or professional reasons. Um, but for sponsorships, I would just tell anyone that you don't have to have a full season of a podcast already released with data on it in order to sell it. You can sell it right now and only if, you know, even if you only have an idea. You know, you don't have to have a million downloads and then be able to say, okay, now I can look to sponsors. So my tip is that whether you do have a podcast uh, already up and running and you want to seek uh, advertising for it, or if you're simply in the ideation phase and before you even, you know, release an episode, you want to acquire a sponsor, um, have a pitch packet ready. You know, really iron out like what we shared at the beginning. Uh, what are the key questions that you can answer when you bring this information to a great sponsor, a local sponsor, a national sponsor? Uh, questions of, you know, elevator pitch, the, you know, what is the 30 second spiel of what this podcast is, why it's unique, who is the target audience, and why this is a great connection or a great avenue for your potential sponsor. And I would also say the cherry on top usually is that you have visuals to go along with it, have the logo for the podcast, have social, you know, little social media templates, audiograms, quotables. Um, I would also say that should you want to be, uh, you know, the great example of what it'll sound like, make a trailer, make a radio promo. Um, it doesn't have to be long, just a 30 seconds, a minute, and then tag it at the end with the sponsor's name or branding so that when you bring it to them, you can say, hey, look, I brought a trailer so you can actually listen to the sample of audio I'm making and how it relates to the season that you could buy into. And then when they hear that little tag at the end where it says support for amplifier is provided by, that will bring them in to say, oh, that's what it would sound like. That's the sponsorship potential. Um, but I just, in general, I'd say, you know, sponsorship is kind of nebulous. So you decide how much you'd like them to 
be brought, brought into. And if maybe there are different tiers of what's being offered, pre-roll, post-roll, ads, um, language on the website, there's, there's lots of flexibility. Who else gets excited when Joni does her radio podcast? Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I just have to bring it, especially when I do that little like support for it, just, it kind of, but it brings you in, right? It makes you feel like this is like a live podcast. I can hear, I can see. So that's that excitement that you want to bring to the table. So the sponsor's like, I, I can. Okay, I, everybody. Well, thank you so much, Joni. This has been, it went by like that. It went way too fast. We could easily sit with you for another hour but thank you so much for spending your time with us and um, using that you know you really have such a silky voice when I listen to the podcast I just kick back and enjoy the music and the whole environment that you create so next time we will see you in two weeks right back here on what is that Porter Thursday 22nd the 22nd, and you'll be interested to know that our own Jess Barilla and Porter Metzler will be doing personal branding and social media. So it's going to be a, a really topical, relevant program for everyone. And thank you again for being with us today at Interact Studio, which is, you know, a huge thing for us to be back. We love you guys. We'll see you soon. <laughs>